2: Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money meets up with new focus on wealth for one of those hybrid crossover shows that we all know and love. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Good, Mr. Black. How are you? I'm okay. Back in the office again. First time post-COVID or not pre-COVID or COVID times. Very surreal. And first things first internet's not working so it's
3: going smoothly (laughs) so much for the video plans we had right
2: we'll get there so it's uh just getting us back in the air chair the saddle again always feels good and there's a lot going on chad and um let's get right to it shall we sure where do you want to start california real estate stolen cars email biden taxes um any thoughts (laughs) <laughs>
3: Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, why not? Let's 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 talk Bitcoin. Let's let's, let's talk, uh, Bitcoin. talk about it without trying to give advice on it. Right. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: I heard something very interesting on Bitcoin today. Um, first and foremost, digital currency. But driving in to work today on CNBC, they were talking a little bit about Biden wanting to go after taxing Bitcoin. Something that a lot of people haven't really thought about on how it would change things. Taxing it more like a stock versus like a currency. Um so maybe it isn't a cryptocurrency. Maybe it's a crypto stock. But lots going on. What's your initial thoughts on crypto now that we're five to ten years deep into it? It's starting to mature.
3: Well, I mean, it's still just a, a drastically wild ride. I mean, we just saw it skyrocket and then as soon as Coinbase IPO'd and now we've seen it fall back below fifty again, fifty thousand, which is not too long ago. It was at five. I mean it's it's a it's a wild west kind of a game, right? Yeah. Um it it's it's definitely making a lot of progress, Bitcoin and then yep. Ethereum overseas in terms of how it's being used in transactions and cards and and everything else. So, it, it's here to stay. But it, how, let's go back real quick to the whole tax thing because sure. it is taxed. I mean, it's it's taxed. Have you? I think we talked about this once on the air where there's all these people that are trading cryptocurrencies. Okay constant amount of trading and Christine Benz and Morningstar did a report and this is not exact numbers because I'm going off memory here, but this person had transacted like over a million and a half dollars worth of yeah, trades I remember over, over 2020. Now his total profit for the year was only $45,000 by the end of the year, but there was a million and a half of ins and outs. And you'd think, okay, I'm only going to be taxed on my $45,000 gain. The problem is, is he had a ton of short-term gains and a ton of losses, and he thought that they were going to offset them, but you cannot take a capital loss on something if you buy it back again in 30 days. So this person was taxed on a massive amount of short-term gains that evaporated in later trades, and he owed more in taxes than he had in total year-end profit. And this is this is going to be the story of 2021 in terms of people filing their tax returns. And I know CPA firms um, that, you know, some of the guys I know and gals I know that that work as CPAs had to go a year or two ago on Coinbase and and start doing some of this to see what does the reporting look like? What, is the, you know, what does this all look like? Because I'm going to have people that I'm going to have to do tax returns for. So if you're going to be trading cryptocurrencies, you have to follow the same type of rules um, as stocks in terms of wash sales. So it's it's catching a lot of people off guard for sure.
2: Well, I guess what uh, Biden is saying in the headline news with the trial balloon is that he's looking to uh, double the tax to as high as 39.6%. Um, it's tough to follow because it seems like every day you almost need a scorecard to keep on top of Bitcoin and Dogecoin and nfts and there there's a lot of positive stories but there's also a lot of negatives like go buy an nft and then now try to resell it (laughs) no one wants to buy your resell um coinbase uh very sexy ipo but there's no moat to uh, business there's no defensible moat there's no stopping google or facebook or apple from introducing the same exact kind of exchange and compression of fees um i'm not really sure where we go with this but everyone's still fascinated with chad um do you know anyone that owns bitcoin and kind of like or ball around town and like hey i I sold my car and about bitcoin i sold my wife about bitcoin you know anyone kind of like high rolling it
3: oh yeah i do actually i i have a friend that i met through wake surfing he's a futures trader in canada but spends a lot of time in arizona kind of a dual residency thing and um you know, he went long on Bitcoin a while ago and actually just bought a Tesla Model S with Bitcoin.
2: Which is pretty cool because it's down 19% this week had he bought it this week versus <laughs>
3: last week. Exactly.
2: Um, so I guess you would so, say that Tesla's the loser because they took his Bitcoins and it's down 19% if he bought it last week, right?
3: So and it's a perfect example of trying to, do you remember a couple of years ago, a lot of companies, even Subway was going to start taking Bitcoins, I think. And then all of a sudden they realized, okay, this is way too volatile to run a business because by the time the transaction goes through, you could be a way ahead on profit or totally be in a lost territory. Just like this exact situation where a friend of mine bought it at a high, bought the car at a high, and now Tesla's at a loss. Like, how do you run a business like that? So it is so early on is a store of value. What I hate is when people call it, An investment. To me, Uh it's a commodity slash store of value slash currency. It's not an investment. Stocks have revenue and you can look at their expenses and you can see their earnings, right? And it's discounted cash flow model. Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of them, for them to go up, there's always got to be somebody else that's willing to pay more for that cryptocurrency than what you bought it for. And so there's this FOMO buying that's going on. It's just like the Coinbase IPO, right? Mm -hmm. People that are buying the Coinbase IPO through Robinhood or whatever, same people haven't even put enough money into their 401k to get a match, which is a hundred percent rate of return. But yet they just hear this FOMO buying. And, um, and, and we saw it in 99 and the the whole market's not a bubble. Like a lot of stuff was in 99, but that FOMO buying always makes me want to just step back and wait. Um, and I said that a couple of days ago on the show, and here we are below 50000 on on Bitcoin.
2: Down 19% <laughs> in a week. That's painful for you. It's painful for me. That's painful for anyone to even look at. Um, what do you think, Chad? We've got about two minutes left in the segment. What do you think about how would you play it if you absolutely had to give your brother or your uncle advice? Like, he's just not going to take no. How would you curb a little bit of the risk? Uh,
3: well, first of all, I, I don't care if people buy it at all. If they've built their financial base, they're putting enough money into the 401k to get the match and then maxing out their, you know, IRA or their Roth IRA, if they can, and, and just getting all those tax breaks and tax free growth. And you've built a portfolio and you're putting one or 2% into cryptocurrency. It's not going to hurt you in the long run. It's kind of the, the, you know, more speculative side of the portfolio. And some of the Bitcoin is, ETFs are kind of trusts that are out there like grayscale, Bitcoin trust, GBTC. It's got a 2% fee. And then you have to have a certain amount of metrics to be able to be allowed to buy it at a brokerage firm. Fidelity's coming out with one. Fidelity is in Bitcoin. People don't even realize that Coinbase is going to compete with Fidelity, which is a behemoth. Um, so just yep. don't watch it very much and be willing to lose it all. If, uh, if you know, you get a heavy regulation, um, but it is probably here to stay and, and, uh, You know, use Coinbase or something like that to buy it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably buy any of these ETFs or anything like that.
2: Okay. We're going to have to wrap up the first segment, but when we come back, we've got emails. We're going to have ways to get in touch with CFP Chad Burton. The easiest way is probably chadburton.com. That's B U R T O N.com.
1: of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money sitting in with CFP Chad Burton. It's new focus on wealth, meeting Rob Black and your money. Powerhouse Media, as far as financial speak goes, Mr. Burton, when we last left off, we were talking about Bitcoin. Do we need to wrap that up a little bit more? Should we move on?
3: Uh, No, I think I think we could move on. I mean, it's it's um, it's tough because, you know, as an investment advisor, again, it's a store a value. It's not an investment in my opinion. It's it's depending on how many people want to pile into it for it to go up versus can they sell good mortgages or services. Yeah. So, it's a little odd. It's tough for me to kind of want to give advice on it. It's to each their own on this one.
2: <laughs> I kind of look at it as um you know, it's almost like magic beans at this point in time where, you know, your wife gives you money to go get food for the kids for dinner and you're like, don't spend it all on the magic beans. If you want to spend 1%, 5% Your kids won't starve um, if the magic beans don't grow up to the the sky. But I don't know if that resonates with anyone because it's a little bit of a fairy tale and fairy tales and money don't necessarily always mix. Let's talk about (laughs) That's true. Let's talk about an email if we can. Sure. I got an email from Glenn and it was a long email. But if we were to boil it down quickly, it would say something like this. What's the best way to buy disability insurance? The other way of saying it, though, in his form was he's an independent contractor. So Mm -hmm. he threw that in because a lot of people in the Bay Area are independent contractors and um, especially in radio and TV. Um, I I run across them all the time. A lot of tech jobs have gone independent contracting. What do we need to know about disability insurance and independent versus disability insurance and working for the big man company?
3: Sure. Well, the first thing you need to look for is, is there any kind of a trade association that you might belong to um, that might have a discounted group policy? Got it. Um, and then it's really just finding an insurance broker that doesn't just work captive for one company that they'll go and search the market on disability. Disability is one of those things you can't be oversold. They're only going to insure you for like 60, 70% of what you make, because if you buy it and as long as you don't write it off, when you get the disability insurance, it's tax-free. So you can get 70% coverage and you're kind of made whole. Um, so that, that's a tough one. I, we, we talk about this a lot, right? When people, they're working for somebody, they say, okay, I think I can do this better. I want to start my own business. And because most employers in California give, you know, some sort of disability insurance coverage and some 401k match and some health insurance, if you're making $100,000 working for somebody, they're paying your, you know, giving some disability, some 401k match, some health care, and paying half of your FICA so as soon as you go to work on your own, you typically have to make about 130% of what you were making working for somebody to break even. So that's important to note in your business plan if you're going to go independent. Now, there used to be all sorts of ways for independent contractors that like were getting paid in 1099, or there still are tons of ways for somebody that's getting paid via 1099 to sock a bunch of money away pre-tax. You can do custom individual 401k plans where you can get you know 26 grand away pre-tax, plus a profit share of you know 25 percent of your w2 and then get the rest in and a big giant Roth contribution Rob so we're getting 63 grand away for people over 50 in these plans like but now California made a lot of these employers switch from a 1099 to w2 for these contract workers and that kills all of those options so I I, I, I need California to wake up and realize that what they did wasn't really really very good for contract employees. It's kind of made things a little bit harder on the retirement side. Um, so what some people may need to do if they're going to go into that contract situation is to actually have a more of a consulting agreement in the form where it's paying potentially a corporation to try to avoid that W-2 so mm-hmm. that the company's paying your company a 1099 instead of you a W-2 if you can ever ne- try to negotiate that. Um, but when you're doing a contract work. And you end up going 1099 to W2. Just know what the difference is in FICA tax too. So lots of things there. Kind of a fire hose at you and all that stuff. But it's been a big issue during tax season this year.
2: It's interesting that you bring that up. You and I both work for a group called EP Wealth Services now. And people can find us there or they can find us through chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. You, as a financial planner, you probably have, what, 60, 80 clients And they're all they're all different. Disability insurance issues, contractors, taxes. That's the beauty of a financial planner is you're dealing with multiple scenarios and you're able to pull it off. I'm dealing with one scenario and I keep deferring to CFP Brad Stacey at EP Wealth because he's like, he's my man. He's my man. Like he covers all the things that I might be forgetting, like disability insurance issues. Um, So you see a broad spectrum, I would imagine.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, as CFPs, it's taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, all of those issues we deal with and it's all fee only. So we don't do any commission insurance sales or anything like that yet. We go through everything, even homeowners insurance, your rental insurance, um, helping people with open enrollment. Let's say you get to open enrollment and you're thinking about an HSA type of a health insurance plan to get that tax deduction versus a PPO plan. Mm Um, we do 1040 returns and simple trust returns. Um, business owners, we always say if they're doing a, an S corp or an LLC as a business owner with employees, you still want that local CPA, but we even do estate planning docs in house. I mean, we do the whole wealth management in house for people. So we we see a lot of, a lot of different situations. I mean, in one week I can have a call with a, somebody that's got a net worth of a million and to have 50 million all in one week and a lot of different issues.
2: Which one do you like more? Be honest. Let's pick a child. Let's do a Sophie's choice here. The $50 million client or the $1 million client, the independent contractor or the guy who inherited really, really well from mommy and daddy's trust.
3: Um, I mean, I like them all. I, I, you know, I, ah. I have, we have, we have 50 different certified financial planners or more now last time I counted. So the ones that I keep since I'm, I'm running the region and, and doing this type of stuff with you. Huh? Um, I, I like to keep the ones that are a little bit more complicated and, and things like charitable remainder trusts and okay. foundation work and, and the stuff that makes me continue to learn. Um, the, uh, a lot of the, the plans, as long as you're a CFP, uh, you know, they're, CFPs are extremely smart. We've had a lot of training. You typically have a bachelor's degree. Uh, You you pass the certified financial planner designation, which is a whole bunch of tests, and then a final exam that's given over two days with a 55% pass rate. So if a person is a certified financial planner and fee-only fiduciary, they're going to be pretty smart. It's a matter of, can you relate to them? Can you feel like you can talk to them? Because there's a lot of counseling that goes on.
2: Hand-holding, right?
3: Yeah, and just, you know, how do you feel about the market? How do you feel about the kids? If you died, who would take care of your kids? Who would take care of the kids' money? You have to have some tough conversations. When people, here's a tough one. When a married couple, you know, they still say they've been married for 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And let's say one of their parents dies or both of them. And they're all of a sudden inheriting all this money. We have to sit there and have the conversation. Okay, you're inheriting a bunch of money. You have the ability to now keep this as separate property and not commingle it with your community property assets. So that way, if you get divorced, that's your money and they can't take it in a divorce. How fun is that conversation with a married couple? But as a fiduciary, we have to tell people that. Yeah, we have to tell people that.
2: Yeah. And I say if you can't have that conversation with your loved one, then you can't get married. Like you and I say the same exact things, but ever so slightly differently. Speaking of hearing Chad, you can hear him at chadburton.com. He's got a podcast out. It is chock full of financial planning knowledge. You can find him at chadburton.com. It's C H A D B U R T O N.com. Or you can even find me through robblackshow.com. We find each other. Take a break here. We'll be right back.
1: Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader. AM 1220
2: KDOW. New focus on wealth with CFP Chad Burton invading the Rob Black and your money show this morning at CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, I'm going to let you pick a topic do you want to do california real estate increases do you want to do how to manage your portfolios through potential increases in taxes after we get all this wonderful government stimulus money down the road we're going to pay taxes i've got questions on that that's for sure because um i'm not the highest earner but i'm starting to get into those tax bracket questions of like should i just move to guam
3: well i mean you know when when you've got if you've got a million dollar earner, so Biden wants to propose higher capital gains tax, or he's, he's been saying this all along, that if you're earning over a million dollars, instead of having a 23.8% capital gains tax maximum, it's just going to go to the ordinary income bracket, which is 39.6 plus the 2.8% extra Medicare surtax, I believe it is. So that's pretty hefty. And then you put that on top of the 13.3% California state income tax. If you have people that need to sell stocks, uh, you can't sell real estate in California and escape the California tax. But if you've got a bunch of stocks that you eventually want to start selling and you're a high income earner, you're likely going to move out of California. (laughs) Now what's interesting about this is, is some people think, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wealthy. I have all these tax issues. I'm going to move from California to Washington. Well, guess what? What you did is just created a higher estate tax problem because the state of Washington, for example, has no uh, state income tax, yeah. but they have a estate tax when you die with over two million dollars. Whereas California has zero estate tax. So the other thing is is that you got to be careful with moving out of California. You've got your, you know. Property tax base, and once it's it's gone, it can be gone. Yep. Now Prop 19 made that transferable, so people can downsize all around California. So that can help. But that's that's something you have to consider. Not, and finally, I'll say I, I've been seeing a lot of that. Well, at Prop 19, it made it a lot easier. So right. it used to be a reciprocity thing, and and now you can because the property tax base will no longer transfer to your heirs when you die, mm-hmm. you have, you have had to have made that transfer prior to February 15th. I think it was, they, they took that away. And so now it allows people to move throughout California. Um, So that's, that that's a big change. Good news. It's going to make people be able to downsize and go to pretty much, I think every, anywhere they want in California um, versus like you said before, it used to be a County that, Allowed you to do it. Um, question but,
2: with he, for you on this one. Um, yeah. What about proposed tax ideas? Because, for instance, I saw a trial balloon by the Biden administration a couple weeks ago that said Elon Musk leaving California to go to Texas, he's not going to avoid taxes. We're going to do something to backdate. You're not going to be able to jump from one state to another to kind of tax juggle, for lack of a better word or clarity. Um, do you ever run into scenarios where you, it's kind of ifs and buts and candy and nuts, or do you just deal with what's in front of you? The cold, hard facts.
3: Yeah, I rarely, any of the proposals, Uh um, I I rarely look at them because you got to remember anything has to make it through the house and the Senate. Um, and then be eventually be signed, so there 's so many proposals on taxes on a daily basis i 'll have people send me articles. What do you think about this proposal and i don 't wow. even read it it 's just it 's a total waste of time until you know it 's going to become law and I do know that taxes are going to go up rob i mean it, it 's going to go up under biden it 's just a matter of how much and right now, you can pass on you know over eleven million dollars each as it, for each person. So a couple over $22 million there is without a state taxes. That's probably going to be cut in half. And even if Biden doesn't do it, the current law that Trump passed in 2017 expires in 2026. So taxes are going up in the future and making sure you're looking at Roth contributions in your 401k, the mega Roth 401k that we talk about where you can max out your pre-tax 401k, put in after-tax money and get, you know, 20 grand into a Roth in some cases inside your 401k. Take advantage of that because taxes are going up in the future.
2: Okay. Taxes going up in the future. Um, What else do we need to know on this topic?
3: Well, I I think, I mean, it's going to take, you know, people are going to start taking some profit. You've got large cap growth and tech that's gone way up. And so this, this thing is going to go in, in next year. So you'll probably likely see people that do earn that amount of money, take some profit, um, sell now until, so they can save themselves 10% on taxes or more.
2: Feels like we've been saying that for a while though, Chad.
3: Well, we, we saw some of it last year already. Okay. That's very, um, and, and we're, we'll probably see some again this year and you're seeing it anyways, because that sector, large cap growth and some of the tech is, is underperformed value this year. So you've got some trimming in that category and people buying stuff that's a little bit cheaper as they're trying to diversify. I think you'll see more and more people. I mean, you can't be run a business in California and move out of the state and not pay taxes in California. But if you're all done and you're wealthy and you're still earning a ton of money, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't depend on you earning it from your rental properties in California, things like that. You're, you're going to see people move out of states like high income earners um, move out of state and take their businesses out of state in places like California and Oregon. Um, You'll you'll probably see more indexing because if you're indexing, you're already diversified. You're not going to be selling as many individual stocks. The gains are just going to let everything go. Um, You'll hear more about exchange funds. So exchange funds are when you have a highly concentrated stock position, there's a way to put it into a fund with a lot of other people that have done that highly uh, concentrated stock position. And then after a certain period of time, you can exchange out shares of a more diversified portfolio. Uh, You're going to see a lot more gifting of people that have stock. This is, I mean, what I tell people that give to charity more than a thousand dollars at a time, give individual stocks. If you've got shares of Apple that you paid hardly anything for, and you want to give money to your church, Give them shares of Apple because you they the the church probably has a brokerage account. You transfer the shares in kind. You Ain't get the that same. D-
2: That's a funny statement. Yeah, a church uh, you, having you get, a brokerage account. Do they have traders?
3: Yeah, well, usually, yeah, they'll have you know an account at Schwab or Morgan Stanley or whatever. And uh, so you transfer in kind the shares of the stock, and you still get a deduction, and they can sell the stock without any gains at all because they're a five hundred three C. And you can buy the stock back with cash if you want and upgrade your cost basis, but you get rid of your gain and I just saved somebody uh, 20 grand a year this last week because they were 70 and a half, and they were almost all of their money is in retirement accounts, rob, you know money that has not been taxed yet, and they were pulling money out, they were actually very heavily involved in their church, and so they were giving to their church forty grand a year. And, and since they're over 70 and a half, that allows you at that age to give up to 100 grand a year directly from your IRA to your favorite 503C without paying taxes on the money. So all we're doing is setting up a checkbook on his IRA account, and he can write the checks to the church up to 100 grand a year, and he won't have to report that in, in income. That's going to save him almost $20,000 in taxes a year.
2: You think the Pope trades in futures of menorah, oil, and holy water? <laughs> it no <laughs> has got the spices as well. The tender and myrrh. I'll shut up. I'll stop right <laughs> you better. there. I'll stop. <laughs> frankincense. I'll take Frankincense for $2. 2 yeah, 20, dollars 20, $2.20, um, I, Real quick question, because I'm, I'm interested in your perspective. Um, this time last year, the stock market was in a crazy tizzy. It was crashing. Um, I got an email from Hitendra. He sent me an email, rob at You can send Chad an email by going to chadburton.com. Uh, he says, great show. It's, is it wrong that I buy companies like Disney, Starbucks, and Nike? And he just wants to buy more of them when things are down. Can you blend that into this time a year ago? Do you know anyone that panicked? Do you know anyone that wanted out? Do you know anyone that sold great companies only to watch them go right back to where they were um, and, and create a frustration that the, uh, Wall Street's a game?
3: Yeah, I saw about uh, five clients throughout the firm that just couldn't, couldn't deal Okay. <laughs> and, they, and they went to, you know, partial or all cash and they drastically regretted it. Um, and I know they're never going to do it again. Yeah. Um, and that's a small amount in terms of having almost 500 before the merger, right? It's 500 households. So the you still, Two minutes. I don't mind what he's doing, but you still have to keep an eye on the company. I mean, just look at GE, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. Or, 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 or even I... Ago. Yeah, or just look at IBM's performance for years. Yep. It, you know, shell of a company that's kind of increasing <laughs> their earnings by selling everything off because there's no revenue growth for it's many many cloud. years. Yep. So, and you got to keep an eye on it because you got to even keep an eye on a company like Cisco, which has had some missteps. Right? Nice dividend yield, but their free cash flow, um, the, the percentage of the free cash flow that's being used to support the dividend keeps going up and up. They've got to get some revenue growth eventually, or they could be n- cutting dividends in the future. I'm, I'm not saying that now because I still yeah. own Cisco. Like It's part of our portfolio, and the yield is totally safe now. But I'm going to keep an eye on it for sure.
2: I would, I would because they used to be the sultan of switches and the ruler of routers. And now they're something of software, networking software, and cloud's much, much bigger. we got about a minute left in this segment, Chad. How how do you want to wrap this one up?
3: Um, well, I think just some of the ideas on, on taxes is if, if people – There's a lot of things to consider, too, because you you, you brought in the California real estate and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of gains there. I'm seeing a lot of people that have, you know, rental properties that they could sell for a million dollars that they're really netting about 2% total yield on. So I think it is a good year to if you need to sell stuff because you need to diversify your portfolio um, and get ready for a more uh, conservative approach to retirement. Yep, And you, you're going to be in that higher income bracket. It's a good year to consider that. But you also look at strategies like charitable remainder trusts and other things that you can do to avoid the taxes on it.
2: Got to cut you off there, but I'm going to follow you up with a little bit more real estate in my own personal situation, cash flowing from a, a home. CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
0: KDOW.
2: Welcome back in. Kind of like the Pacific Northwest invasion going on today. CFP, Chad Burton, new focus on wealth. One of the greatest podcasts of all time. You can find it at Spotify and (laughs) other locations. I'm not exaggerating. I've told myself once, I've told myself a million times I never exaggerate. (laughs) <laughs> um, here's, a, here's a headline that freaks me out Chad and this is, like, I'm playing the part of the average person right now get ready for $178 billion of selling ahead of the capital gains tax hike it's two things that I hate there a headline reaction and then tax assumptions and then here's the stocks that are going to get hit hardest and they go over the stocks that have these massive gains like Penn National and L Brands and Caesars and Tesla and Gap and if I own Tesla do I want to sell it on Moderna um, I once had a mentor in this business say, sell a company because you want to sell a company. Don't worry about taxes. I I feel like that may be a little different now. Is there anything in my ramblings that makes sense to you or that you want to address?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are overweight in those specific stocks okay. that have really driven the S&P 500. The S&P 500 kind of got lucky on its makeup because the largest companies were tech companies and those are the ones that really benefited from COVID. And so, um, I mean, let's face it, there's not a huge amount of people that are making over a million dollars that are about to retire, so they need to diversify. And if if those stocks fall as a result of some short-term selling, the, the people that aren't selling because of the capital gains will have an opportunity to buy. And plus that money will still go right back into the market somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> right, So it's, it's, it's just going to be a diversification. It'll, it'll cause some volatility. That's why you see that volatility in December when you have people doing tax loss harvesting to offset any gains. So the stocks that kind of had a rough year have a little bit more of a rough time in December because people want to take those losses. And then those same stocks bounce again in January, but the stocks that did well the previous year have a little hit in January because people are doing some trimming and rebalancing their portfolio. I wouldn't worry about it too much for the average investor. This is earning more than a million dollars. And just because you're wealthy, I've got people that are worth, you know, millions and millions of dollars, but their taxes that they're reporting they they have cash and dividends and interest in rental property is, is under that limit. And they're still not going to pay that higher capital gains rate. This is people earning more than a million. Okay. Now, Let's say you're earning from work a half a million and you have a capital gain of a half a million. Does that put you in that category? I don't know yet. We haven't even seen the actual proposal. It could, so, it could only make make it based on your earned income from employment, for example, or your net from your rental properties and things like that. Who knows how the capital gain will actually come into the calculation. So I wouldn't freak out about it yet.
2: So I knew that EP Wealth has got some great modules that they can plug numbers into and, and run scenarios. One of them is a real estate rental um module which you and I didn't have access to the DP has it's pretty darn cool how do you judge your rental my let's for instance use me i bought a house for 900,000 it's worth 2 million if i sold it today my mortgage was on that million dollars i could easily get a renter to cover more than enough of that at 5000 cuz my mortgage is 3400 Um, So do I go for the mortgage cover that is more important, or do I go that it's a $2 million asset that I'm only getting like a million dollars of asset return on or cash flow off of?
3: Well, the first thing that I do, because, I mean, you know it yourself, Rob. You can have some major issues with renters. Sure. Sure and you have maintenance, there's headaches, there's, I got to fix, you know, you hopefully have a good property manager. The first thing I do when I look at a property is, is let's pretend I'm going to buy this thing with cash, no mortgage, nothing. I'm just going to buy it with cash. Can I rent it for 6% of that number? Can I even, can I even do that? <laughs> it's really hard to do these days because right. stuff is so expensive. Um, If it doesn't pass that initial test, I kind of move on because I know I can get over the long-term 10, 11% in stocks without any headache at all. And those stocks typically are also yielding about 2%. I'm seeing too many people own rental properties that are yielding net of all their fees about the same as a dividend in the S&P 500. And stocks on the value outperform real estate over time, hands down over 20, 30 years, they always will. Because the only way that real estate keeps up or, or can sometimes be better than stocks is with the, the leverage, which means a heck of a lot more risk. And you get those renters. I mean, every single person that has a lot of rental properties has could tell you nightmares of people that ruined their home. Absolutely ruined it. Yeah, I had
2: fecal matter spread on my walls once. Um, I had a conspiracy theory person. Uh, during the the January this year, I was like, "Hey, I think that's my renter." And I was watching the Capitol Insurrection, and the guy with the big horns on his head going through the Capitol. I'm like, "I think he's my tenant." This
3: this, this guy, guy had- was telling me, "Yeah, it's crazy." This guy was telling me that um, he was trying to get this tenant out, and you know, going through all these court processes in in Vancouver, Washington. Oh, great. And by the time they finally were able to do it, they broke in. The guy had put. Uh, two bags of dog food on the floor, and filled the sink with milk, and left a Rottweiler and a cat there for three weeks. You can imagine the smell of this place. They had to gut the entire kitchen. There was uh, mold in the laundry room. There's, no, it was just. You have to be ready for that if you're yeah. going to buy rental properties. It's not as easy as owning stocks, and so I want good income from my real estate. And so if you, if you can't, if if you, if there's a property that you want to buy and you can't put 20, 30% down and get a mortgage and after property manager and taxes and fees and some set aside for maintenance, if you can't get positive cash flow, why bother?
2: So we've got about a minute left. Are there any downloadables? If you're trying to build your email list right now, people can go to chadburton.com. Are there anything that you think people should get their hands on as we're about a third the way through the year now?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, we have, uh, you know, until May uh, now, mid-May to file tax returns and the the IRAs and Roths got extended. So some people still have the ability to do a non-deductible contribution to an IRA or non-deductible IRA contribution to a Roth, which can be tax-free as long as you don't have any other IRAs, SEP IRAs or simple IRAs. So the two most popular downloadables are, have to do with the can I fund a Roth IRA? If not, how do I, do I have the ability to do a non-deductible Roth 30. and then the mega Roth 401k flow chart. Um, so those have been the most popular right now because of tax time.
2: Thanks for giving me a whole hour, Mr. Burton. People can find you at NewFocus, well, not at NewFocus.com anymore, but that's very, very tough. That's going to take a while for me to get rid of. Uh, ChadBurton.com is the easiest right now. It's C-H-A-D-B-U-R-T-O-N.com. He's got a a podcast you can find out there uh, easily at Spotify, uh, New Focus on the of Chad Burton. Um, And there's some great downloadables at ChadBurton.com. I'm Rob Black. Find me at RobBlackShow.com.